It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it happened again. I mean, what else is there to say? It, it, second game in a row, it happened again. Let's talk about it. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is March 18th, 2022. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, it did indeed happen again. Another 50-point game given up by the Orlando Magic as they really let go of the rope again this time. And it wasn't because of one great score. It was just they didn't play well at all. It's a bad day at the office, um, as as they would say. We'll dive into the Orlando Magic's loss to the Detroit Pistons, what went wrong, and what's really at stake here as the season comes to a close. We'll also close the show out today by uh, taking a look at uh, some of the games in the NCAA tournament, some of the prospects in the NCAA tournament, some guys making some noise, since if, if the Magic are going to no-show against the Detroit Pistons, we might as well talk about the reward at the end of the rainbow. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, right when we upload, on your way to work, on your way home from work, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every single day. Remember, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. I mean... The, high, the headline is Sadiq Bey scored 51 points. And very much like Kyrie Irving, the Nets did everything they could to get Kyrie Irving 60. The Pistons did everything they could to get Sadiq Bey 50 at the end of the game uh, when it was already well decided. And again, part of me I'm part of me believes in that kind of old school thing. If if someone's gonna try and drop 50 on you, you better put him on his you better put him on his butt once or twice. Um if you really want to stop a guy from getting 50, stop him from getting 50. Um, so I, I'm never going to be angry about guys doing going for going for big numbers, especially in games like this. But like the Brooklyn game, this game was not about the guy who got a ton of points. Kyrie Irving is going to score 60 points. He's going to hit tough shots. He's going to get to the basket. He's going to make your life miserable. Like that's whatever. How the Brooklyn game got away from Orlando is... A, they stopped playing a cohesive offense. They stopped playing together offensively. And B, they didn't defend anybody else either. I mean, sure, Kevin Durant's really tough, and he shot six for nine in that game, but they didn't defend anyone else. They didn't defend Patty Mills. They didn't defend, I'm blanking on the guy's name, Kessler Edwards, I think. 
it was just an embarrassing effort. And and despite the score being much closer in this game against Detroit Pistons, it was a, a 142-130 game, I want to say. It's um yeah, one or 134 to 120. I gave the, the Pistons more points. Um 134-120. This game was a close, a relatively closer game, but it was just as unfulfilling and just as embarrassing for the Atlanta Magic. And, and I'm going to say it. It was embarrassing. And that's no offense to the Detroit Pistons. That's no offense to Sadiq Bey. Sadiq Bey made some ridiculously tough shots. He really had, he really worked for some of his points. But then again, the Magic didn't really make him work either. And the Magic made a ton of defensive mistakes and just took this humongous step back. We were singing their praises on Sunday. It wasn't a week. It was a week ago. They beat Minnesota. And Minnesota was saying, we needed to play this Orlando team that's playing hard and doing things the right way to wake us up. Minnesota's in a freaking playoff chase. Minnesota's a really good team. This is a team that took Philadelphia to overtime and probably should have won that game. This isn't just about Jalen Suggs being out. This isn't just about not having Wendell Carter tonight. This Magic team is letting go of the rope, and that is concerning. That's extremely concerning because this team should be about their effort. They should be about their energy. They should be about their defense. That's what they're built on. That's the identity they're trying to build. And and, and right now, they're regressing to just nothing. You know, a lot of people tell me, would say, oh, well, you know, the Magic are down so many guys, no Suggs, no Carter, no Kiki. Um, they're essentially playing a G League roster out there. I'm not saying the Magic should have won the game. I'm not asking the Magic to win a lot of these games. Wins and losses have never mattered this year. But what matters is effort. What matters is heart, pride. What matters is attention to detail and actually executing the game plan, and and playing the way we know they're capable of playing. I do not care if the Magic win a single game the rest of the season, but I don't ever want to see them play like they played Tuesday and Thursday again. I don't want to see them look lifeless and just out of sync and not playing together and not figuring stuff out and letting guys score with impunity. Because again, it wasn't just Sadiq Bey. Bay, Bay got good shots. He got good shots. The Magic left him open. They didn't freaking pay attention to the, the scouting report. A guy doesn't get 10 three-pointers um, without just a, a complete abandonment of what they're trying to do. Orlando did a good job protecting the paint. I'll give them that. But they also gave up a ton of offensive rebounds. 10 offensive rebounds, which doesn't feel like a lot that they gave up 10 offensive rebounds for like 26 points or 25 points or something like that. They didn't finish possessions. They got consistently taken out of position. They left Sadiq Bey open on several threes because they had to crash and collapse the paint. Guys were just not on the same page. They were not getting, they were not keeping their man in front of them. They were not switching and communicating well. They weren't playing physical. And when they were, yes, there was a little bit of a quick whistle and some, some, some touch fouls, but the magic were late to everything. And, and, and to be to be fair, the magic scored enough points to win. If, if the magic score 120 points, that needs to be a win, period. That's just that this team is not good enough offensively. So when they do have nights like this where they score enough, they gotta win. 
if they had even just a little bit of defense, they might have won. Because despite Sadiq Bey scoring 21 points in the first quarter, it was a two-point two point game. Despite him getting to 31 by halftime, you know, the Magic were still in it. They were down 12. They cut the lead down to six thanks to Franz Wagner scoring 13 of his 26 points as he was finally put on the ball in the third quarter. Orlando was still in this game. All they had to do was play defense for a quarter. Like, again, Detroit left the door open because Bay was brilliant, but they got little moments from a couple other guys. But they left the door open. They were sloppy. They were kind of rushing to the rim, trying to throw wild stuff up the same way the Magic were. And so really this game and this week, Tuesday and Thursday's games, were about the Magic abandoning their principles abandoning who they are. And again, I I don't think we're asking for a ton this season. I don't think we're sitting here saying the Magic need X amount of wins. 100% not the case. Like I've said, my goals this season are I want to see an outline of who this team wants to be. And I want to see this team kind of begin to realize that. And we've seen enough of this team and understanding of how they want to play um, and, and, and just whatever little success they can have. We've seen enough to know that they can do it. And so, regardless of the rebuilding situation, regardless of anything else, you hold them to that standard. You say, okay, you've shown me you can do X. Now do it every night or make it more consistent. And maybe you have a one-off night because you're young and you're figuring that out, but do it every night. That's where this Magic team is supposed to be. There are not supposed to be nights like this anymore. They're not supposed to be nights like Tuesday anymore. That is... That might have been acceptable as a learning experience in November. Not now. We've grown past that. Or we should have. Maybe we haven't. And to me, that is a warning sign. These two games are a warning sign. I said after Tuesday's game, I wanted to see how the Magic reacted. And I I know they were missing a lot of key players, but I wanted to see how the Magic reacted to that loss, to just being humiliated the way they were humiliated on Tuesday. To clown the way they were clowned on Tuesday. And the Magic have been pretty good about reacting to those and, and responding to those kinds of losses and those kind of games. Tonight was the first time where they did not respond. Tonight was the first time, was the first night in a long time that the Magic just let go of the rope. I don't want to say they quit because I don't think they quit. I think they, they, they played reasonably hard, but not together and not doing the things they know they have to do and doing the things they know they need to do. This homestand was supposed to be a time to tighten that, that up and to have a really strong homestand and to have a, a kind of final statement about what this team is going to be about and how this team is going to move forward and proceed. It's more than halfway done now. We're four games into it. They're one and three. They've got a couple of tough games to close it out. Oklahoma City ended up with another star caliber player in Shea Gilgis Alexander who will put a number on the Magic if they're not careful. And then, of course... Um, Golden State, who will be without Stephen Curry. So the Magic have to respond now. Honestly, like, there's no must-win games, but Sunday needs to be a statement from this team. Just a statement of intent. Because the one thing they cannot do is they cannot let the rest of the season just go to waste. They cannot let the season just die and, and drift off into the sunset. That's just giving away key opportunities to continue learning and continue growing and to continue get continuing to get better. 
It's forsaking your teammates. Markel Fultz needs these reps. And you're not helping Markel Fultz if you're not doing the things that this team is supposed to do. It's a, it was a bad night. It was a really bad night, and, and it just continues a, a frustrating regression for this Magic team. We'll go through the box score and chat a little bit about the NCAA tournament coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Bet Online. The NCAA tournament has started. And if you want all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one sports source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast with nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. The Orlando Magic fall to the Detroit Pistons, 134-120, to another 50-point game of 51 points for Sadiq Bey, a career high for him. He made 10 three-pointers. Um, obviously, the huge story. Um, and, you know, I, I don't like comparing rebuilds. I don't like sitting here and 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 saying, um, you know, this team's ahead of that team or or whatever. Um, every situation is unique; it's different. Um, you have different things in front of you. The Pistons obviously have, you know, a number one pick in Kate Cunningham. He did not play in this game, so I, I do have to kind of sit here and make this one comparison. Um, you know, the Magic A don't have a star. The, the biggest thing that this team is missing is a guy who can just go out and get 50 points. I, I, I've been racking my brain a little bit here. I, I I don't think the Magic have had a 50-point game since Tracy McGrady, um, and that was 2004. Um, I think the 62-point game against the Wizards might have been the last 50-point game in Magic history. Um, someone check me on that. Adam Papagiorgio, I know you're listening, probably. Uh, check, check me on that, please. Um, it, even just beyond that... Uh, Vince Carter had 48, so, so I think I'm still right on that. Um, even just beyond that, the Magic just don't have explosive scores. Um, Terrence Ross can get caught a little bit, um, but he, you know, Sadiq Bey had kind of a Terrence Ross night, I guess. Um, maybe that's an insult. I don't mean it to be. Um, the Magic just, you know, we, we'll get to the draft stuff here at the end of the show. The Magic, even when they're missing their key guys, 
don't have someone that can just go off. Now, I will say this. Um, Sadiq Bey, knowing that Kate Cunningham is out, knowing the opponent that he's going up against, he was forcing a lot of his action too. Um, definitely over-dribbling and playing in a way that he normally would not play, but that's what his team called for. And again, I felt like the Pistons left the door open all night long for Orlando to get back in the game. They just had to get some stops and they had to make some shots. And there were a lot of key areas where the Magic missed some shots. If there's one guy, though, that does have that explosive scoring ability, uh, it is Cole Anthony. But this was just a, a god-awful game for Cole Anthony. Um, you know, one of the worst games that I think I've seen from Cole this uh, certainly this year, um, probably since he joined the Magic. Um, and, and and it's not because of the stats. It's because, you know, with all these guys out and, and the way Cole was playing, he put that pressure on himself to be the lead scorer and to be the lead guy. Um, and, and, you know, this was, you know, I, I was telling people, you know, just looking at how the lineup and the rotation was being built, how the Pistons were playing, how the Magic were playing. I told everyone this is not a game where you're going to learn a lot about anything because so many guys are outside of roles that they're typically playing. But this is the kind of game that kind of that that still solidifies the notion and the idea that Cole Anthony probably is not a starting point guard in this league, um, and that while his scoring is interesting, it's not good enough to push him into these starting groups or to it, it, it's something that you want to harness and control more than unleash if that if that kind of comparison makes sense. I'll I'll, I'll explain here. Cole Anthony finished the game with 12 points, 4 for 15 shooting, 2 for 6 from beyond the arc, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. His assists were actually good. I'll I'll give him I'll give him that. He did a good job uh when he was looking to pass, getting others involved and finding others on the floor. Um but um he missed his first 11 shots. Um uh, he, he made his his final four shots, uh, but it was way too little too late. Um, to so many possessions where Cole is just kind of dribbling around, dancing around the perimeter, and not moving the ball. Um, if, if there is something that Cole has to get better at, number one thing is just having a better sense of when the attack isn't there. Too many times this season, the offense just slows down because... Cole is just over dribbling or gets caught up on the screen and just tries to set up his own shot and isolate. And, and, and that's not the way the magic are trying to play. That's not the personnel that they have. Um, you look at a guy like Franz Wagner, you know, and I think Franz forced things a little bit tonight because he was in a bigger role. I think that's, that's a part of his game. He's starting to explore a little bit more or, or, or emphasize. Um, but, um, but Franz is really good at making the attack. If it's not there, Making the attack quickly. He doesn't stop. Making the attack quickly, and if it's not there, dishing it back out to the perimeter and swinging it back around the horn to restart the offense, to restart the, the movement. Um, he doesn't waste a lot of time. And, and that's why I think a, a lot of people have been really excited about Franz. And, you know, also something that I think, again, that's a balance that Franz is going to have to find. But if you're going to be uh, off balance on that, lean toward the move the ball around the perimeter. Um with all the guys out, with the offense being the way it was, with Cole taking as many shots as he did, this is a game that they needed Cole Anthony. Um, you know, again, if, if 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 wins and losses are still something to be judged on, um, Cole Anthony's missed shots hurt. All of them hurt. All of them, you know, really, really hurt because um, it just killed the offense. On the other hand, Franz Wagner had a really nice game. 
26 points, 10 for 15 shooting, two for three from deep, four for five from the foul line, five rebounds, two assists, just one turnover. Um, he he was in his bag. He he had the whole compliment going. Um, just a really nice game from Franz. Um, you wanted him to get involved more. Again, 13 points in the third quarter. You know, playing alongside Markel Fultz too did a really good job just getting baskets and getting the shots that he needed to go down. He scored 13 of the Magic's 32 points in the quarter, but you get to the fourth quarter, he takes just one shot. In fact, uh, you know, fourth quarter, Cole Anthony's four for five. Obviously, RJ Hampton's over four. Franz Wagner just 0 for one. Um, uh, you know, did not score in the fourth quarter. And, and again, there's been a, a long criticism a long complaint among Magic fans that Franz Wagner is not involved enough in the offense. It is 100% true. It is proven that, you know, again, not just merely the offense finds Franz because it does find Franz, the keeping Franz Wagner involved, having the ball in his hands, he's going to make good decisions. And, and, and honestly, if there is something the Magic need to accomplish here in the final 11 games of the season, if there's something that they need to make sure they explore and really dive into deeply, it's giving Franz Wagner the ball. Let Franz make some mistakes. Let Franz be on the ball. It's time. Um, and and again, if this game isn't one to prove much of anything, this game isn't one to learn much of anything, but the Cole-centric offense and the Franz-centric offense are two completely different offenses, and, and the Franz-centric offense works more than it doesn't. Um, that, 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 let's, just, let's just put it bluntly like that. Um, the Magic need more Franz Wagner. Um, it's it's just abundantly clear. Let's run through the rest of the box score. 16 points for Mo Wagner, 7 for 12. Mo Wagner, really good. Um, you know, again, I will eat my crow on Mo Wagner. I, I I was skeptical of the signing. I didn't think he finished the season as strongly as his numbers indicated last year. Um, Mo Wagner has been really good. I, I really hope the Magic keep him uh, past his guarantee date, even if he's just slotted into the, into the Robin Lopez role for next season. Um, I think Mo Wagner's earned a roster spot. I'm, I've really enjoyed watching him play. I think he gives the team a little bit of an edge. Um, frankly, I loved his leadership um, as, you know, a more veteran player on this team. Um, you know, he spoke to the media after the game tonight uh, and really kind of laid some truth down about where the Magic's defense is at and, and what this team needs to do uh, to close the season. If you did, did not see it, uh, go to OrlandoMagic.com find Mo Wagner's uh, press conference from, uh, from Thursday's game. Uh, just a, just a really, just a really good statement uh, from a veteran player. And, and you just hope that the team heeds that call and, and, and answers it. Um, Mo Bamba had a really nice game, 10 points, 12 rebounds, uh, four fouls for him, four for eight shooting. You know, again, maybe got a little overextended um, to give up a few offensive rebounds here and there. Um, didn't play very much though. 24 55 for Mo Bamba. Um, he scored seven quick points at the beginning of the game and the Magic took a 9-0 lead. Um, just, you know, just disappear. Um, but but I, I thought I thought Mo had a really nice game. Terrence Ross, also a nice game. 17 points off the bench, 6 for 12 shooting, 2 for 5 from deep. Um, so again, some some nice scoring. Scoring was not the problem here. Um, it was turnovers, 14 turnovers for 29 Detroit points. They hit, hit on every turnover the Magic did. The Magic gave up. Uh, 25 second chance points on 10 offensive rebounds, just absolutely killer. Unable to get those stops and unable to get out. Um, and again, on those on that turnover front, four turnovers for Cole Anthony and six turnovers for Markel Falls. This was probably Markel's worst game since coming back. It's kind of two stinkers for him. Um, uh, his first two bad games coming back, still finished with 11 points, five assists. 
Um, but just really loose with his handle, probably trying to attack too much. Again, a little guilty of over-dribbling and not keeping the ball moving or trying to do a little bit too much just to keep up with Detroit. At the end of the day, Orlando needed defense. They needed to be able to defend, and they weren't able to. 51 points for Sadiq Bey, 20 points for Marvin Bagley, 16 points for Isaiah Stewart. The, the, the bigs are supposed to be where the Magic have a strength over this team. Um, 12 points off the bench for Saban Lee uh, once again. Um, the Orlando Magic fall to the Detroit Pistons, 134 to 120. We'll talk a little bit about the NCAA tournament since uh, I guess that's what we're meant to focus on uh, with a game like this. So we'll talk about uh, some of the performances and some of the players that stood out on the first day of the NCAA tournament who are watching. And of course, get you ready for Friday Friday's uh, tournament games as well. But first... Um, I, I've been trying, uh, I started taking athletic greens because, um, a, they gave me free sample and that's always fun, but, but also because I am trying to take control of my health. Um, we've talked plenty, uh, 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 uh on some of our other ad reads about trying to stick to our new year's resolutions, trying to stick to what we said we were going to do in January, working out more, eating healthier and getting the, the vitamins and minerals that you need can be so difficult. Um, and, and, and the most difficult part, honestly is making it part of your routine. Just making it something that you do every single day. Something simple that just works for you. And that's why Athletic Greens uh, has been a really it has been a really good add to my life. Um, you know, again, I, I I've been trying it now for about a week, uh, and I'm already starting to feel the difference. We're always starting to kind of see see uh, see the the change in energy in the way that I'm I'm interacting with my world. Um, just from really just a few droplets in the morning every day. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All things that we're all focused on. At the end of the day, that's what we're all trying to do with a lot of our workout programs. Um, literally the stuff, if you read the box, if you, if you get, get them, they'll say, take it like right in the morning on an empty stomach. So literally I place all my athletic green stuff right near where I get my breakfast food. And so before I make breakfast, I take out, I, I'm, I'm taking the droplets right now. I take out the little droplet. I put a couple drops on my tongue and that's it. It's, it's literally that simple to, to, to take care of yourself and to take care of of, uh, of, of your health, um, with, with athletic greens, multivitamins are really, really important, especially as you start to get up there in age. Like I am tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb AG one uh, from athletic greens. It's a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing that you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Your subscription comes with a year supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in these winter months when we don't get as much sunlight, just because uh, daylight savings time is here does not mean we're, uh, we're, we're still out of the woods. Um, it, it's it's going to cost you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself, and you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. So if you're looking to add a multivitamin to your diet, if you're looking to add that extra boost, try Athletic Greens today. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the food and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. 
To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And, and, and while you're there, be sure to check out as well. Be sure, don't forget to, to, to grab that little sustenance that you need throughout the course of your day. We all know that it's hard to find a healthy snack. It's hard to find the right thing to eat after a workout. I can't tell you how many times I finished a workout and I'd immediately go to my snack drawer and grab an Oreo. I'm a sucker for Oreos. I'm a sucker for chocolate. So go get a healthy chocolate bar substitute, something that will give you that chocolate fix we all need, but also give you the protein you need to, to boost you throughout your day, whether it's after a workout or to get you to the end of the workday. That's what Built Bar is. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it's something that you will absolutely love if you add that add this to your snacking diet like I have too. All Built Bars are covered in 1% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, high-protein. So replace your candy bars with these, and you will not regret it. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macro chart. You'll be blown away with how this high-protein, low-cal bar actually uh, look pans out. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They come in great flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious. They taste exactly like what they say on the box. There's many different flavors too, and new flavors come out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it, and it'll be delicious and good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how they do it, but they literally do pull it off every time. There's not a Built Bar that I've had that I disliked. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. In case you missed it, yesterday, or on Thursday's episode of Locked On Magic, we did a big NCAA tournament preview with Locked On NBA Drafts Richard Stamen. I highly suggest you go back into our archives and take a listen to that. It's about 40 minutes long. Um, so again, something something to add to your add to your uh, 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 queue here. Um, we dove into a lot of issues, both about the current Magic team and, and where their rookies sit. We looked ahead to the NCAA tournament and which prospects are the ones you should be watching, um, as well as some of the early debates about the NBA draft prospects. I just want to sit here um, since we had the first day of the NCAA tournament and, and give some of my thoughts on, on what I saw. Um, I was able to watch Memphis's game against um, Boise State. Um, first off, congrats to our guy Penny Hardaway on his first NCAA tournament win. A, a really impressive showing, at least for a half. Um, Memphis's problem has been they don't really have a point guard. When Alex Lomax went out um, in the second half, things got really hairy. But um, the guy on Memphis that a lot of NBA draft prospect, a lot of NBA draft people are watching um, for the top of the draft at least is center Jalen Duran. Uh, and this was really uh, honestly my first chance to really watch him. I didn't get a chance to watch him when he played UCF. I've, I've seen highlights here and there. Um, Duran, I felt like Duran was really impressive. Um, just moves really well. Uh, you know, moves is advertised. Moves really, really well. Great on screen and rolls. 
Uh, great just kind of moving around the basket, just interacts really well with guards. And if, if Memphis had good guards that could get him the ball, um, I, I think he'd be he would have been in much better shape. Um, does a great can, can really play above the rim, really athletic guy. Um, the way he moves reminds me of like a Montrez Harrell almost. Um, you know, like he's he's that good lob threat. Um, decent, not a great defender, but you know, at least at least from what I saw in this game, but decent defender, decent rim protector, just a presence in the paint. So that's a really good sign. Now, do I think he's ultimately a starting center at this point? Eh, the offense is really, really rough. He's he's just kind of an energy. I, I think if he could accept being an energy guy, um, he'd be really, really impressive. He'd be really, really impressive. I thought he did some really good things around the basket. It was a constant presence in the paint on both offense and defense. Overall, a very good game for Jalen Duran. Um, he's played really well as Memphis kind of picked up steam heading into the NCAA tournament and playing uh, at, at a higher level to get themselves into the tournament field and, and to and to play at this level. It's going to be an interesting matchup in the second round because he's going to get Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy of Gonzaga. Gonzaga struggled in the first half. Didn't get a chance to watch this game because I was at the Magic game uh, when it happened. But um, if you haven't seen Chet Holmgren yet, um, oh boy, uh, you're in for a treat. Now, Chet Holmgren, as we discussed in the podcast yesterday, um, probably one of the, you know, He's gonna he's gonna have the biggest debate about him um, because very very clearly his ceiling is higher than anyone in this draft. Um, I, I I will say that pre- I think he could say that pretty definitively. Um, his ceiling is higher than any player in this draft. If he hits, if he reaches his potential, he will be a truly unique player in this league. Um, he he would be what Kristaps Porzingis was supposed to be, or what Kristaps Porzingis was early on in his career in New York. Just his ability to move, uh, block shots. You know, people had the same concerns about Kristaps. I, I think Kristaps Porzingis was more filled out when he got to the NBA. That everyone had the same concerns about Kristaps Porzingis about he was too skinny to play center in the league. He'd get beat up a lot, and maybe there was something to that because injuries are the story of Porzingis's career. Um, and, and he hasn't ever since that this latest injury hasn't been able to hit the highs that he did in New York. But Chet Holmgren's stat line is a freaking video game stat line. 19 points, 17 rebounds, five assists, seven blocks, eight for 13 shooting. Missed both of his three-pointers, but again, just a, a really good three-point shooter. Had two steals, too. He actually had a, a, the highlight that I saw. He had a steal uh, that led to a fast-break dunk. Just took the ball, drove it down the court. I mean, this is this is literally a guard in a center's body with center timing, as Richard said on the show last last yesterday, um, he, he 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 said that Chet Holmgren has the best shot block timing he's ever seen. Um, now, from a college prospect, at least, um, there's no shame in taking Chet Holmgren. Um, you can you, there's certainly a lot of questions, um, and I think how you answer those questions is, is certainly going to be part of the story for him, and it's going to be one of the big things that I think. They'll ha- that teams are going to assess whether he can put on the strength, whether he can make it through the NBA season. Um, I think realistically, he's probably a four. Um, wouldn't surprise me if if whoever drafts him, regardless of what they think of him, treats him sort of like how the Magic treated Dwight Howard early in his career. Dwight Howard was really skinny. Remember how skinny Dwight Howard was when he came into the NBA? The Magic played him at the four alongside Kelvin Cato. There's a lot of thought of having him be a power forward full time before he started putting on the muscle, before he started really kind of filling out a little bit more. Um, and then they eventually obviously is one of one of the best centers in magic history. Um, but um, 
you know, Chet is really, really impressive. And again, you don't want to use one game to make a final decision or determination. This one, I mean, he's got a full body work to say like, okay, this is, this is something he does regularly. Um, and if this is something that he can do at the NBA level, then holy cow, that's that's a really good player. And as much as I like Jabari Smith, um, you'll see him play, uh, I think his game tips off at around 1230 on Friday. Um, you know, Jabari Smith is, is a safer pick. Um, that doesn't mean he's the more talented or necessarily the better player. And that's going to be, I think, ultimately the big question that comes out of this draft. Um, the other guy that we were watching pretty closely um, in this uh, in, in, in this early wave of games was Keegan Murray of Iowa and Oh boy, this was uh this was a not good for my bracket since I had Iowa in the national championship game. Um, I, I, I'm a Big Ten guy, um, so I, I, I probably bought too much of the Big Ten champion there. Um, but a 67-63 loss to 12 seeded Richmond. Um, Keegan Murray really really struggled. And 38 minutes, eight for 15 shooting, over three from deep, 21 points, nine rebounds. So again, if that's struggling, that's a good thing, but. Iowa couldn't get him the ball. Um, I, I don't know if that's a problem with their point guard. I don't know if that's a problem with the, the plays that Fran McCaffrey ran. There were late game situations. Felt like Murray needed to be on the ball or felt like they needed to make sure they got Murray involved. He wasn't running hard off screens in those late game situations. I don't know if it was just fatigue or, or if that's what the play was called for. Um, but uh, just a, a disappointing way for this for this season to end for him. Um, again, he still got his points. He still got his scoring. Um, you know, He didn't hit from the outside, but he found ways to be effective. Um, but again, Iowa, they're they're usually an offensive juggernaut. They really struggled in this game against Richmond's defense. Shot only 36.4% from floor to six for 29 from beyond the arc. So we didn't get to see a lot of Keegan Murray. He obviously had a really strong Big Ten tournament, obviously had a really strong performance there um, that kind of keyed him back up into the top five. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of time to talk about the NBA draft prospects. The NCAA tournament's a good time for NBA people to focus on it. I'll be watching the NCAA tournament all day on Friday until the NBA games start, at least, and then probably while I'm watching the NBA games. Um, so we will get into plenty of the prospects, especially as the tournament concludes and as we get into the NBA draft combine after the season ends. I think that date was finally set um, today, so we'll, we'll 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 see about that. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, all the phone on the podcast, your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done with us, go make Locked On NBA your second listen of the day. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Bosman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.